As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. If you decide to waive due diligence fees in order to win a deal, or if you waive due diligence items in order to win a deal, and you end up closing and realizing that you underestimated the deferred maintenance by 50%, you're going to lose all the money. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is, and that's when it is, February 22nd, 23rd. Go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five so you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily. And you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter take five, T-A-K-E five when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com, or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air a podcast series about a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy, that is, raising money to buy apartments and sharing the profits. 
And for the majority of these series, we offer a document or spreadsheet or some sort of resource for you to download for free. All of these free documents, as well as past and future Syndication School series, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is going to be part one of what will likely be around a four-part series, maybe six parts. Not really sure yet, but this series, no matter how long it will be, will be focused solely on how to find your first apartment syndication deal. So in this episode, you will learn what you need to accomplish before you are ready to find a deal. So we're going to do a little summary of what we've talked about so far on syndication school. And then we're going to focus on talking about the differences between the two main types of deals as well as talk about some of the factors to keep in mind that will most likely win or lose you a deal once you start to submit offers. So that's what we're going to talk about this episode. But so far, what we've learned in syndication school, just to kind of, again, summarize what we've done so far to, number one, kind of congratulate you on your journey, but two, also to let people who are just starting to listen now all the steps that we've discussed so far, as well as what you're going to need to do in order to get to the point where you're ready to find your first deal. So uh, the first syndication school series, we're teaching you about the apartment syndication process, as well as the important terminology that you're going to need to know in order to communicate with your investors, as well as team members. So that's the educational requirement that you'll need. And then we also talked about the experience requirement that you will need, that is previous real estate and or business experience. So the experience and the education combined will put you at the point where you're ready to start your journey. We also talked about establishing a 12-month goal as well as a long-term vision. So we talked about goal setting. We talked about the thought leadership platform and branding in general. So how you can establish yourself as a credible apartment expert by creating a interview-based thought leadership platform. That is a podcast, YouTube channel, blog things like that. We also went through the process of evaluating and ultimately selecting the target market that you will invest in. We also talked about the team members that you're going to bring on, what their responsibilities are, how to find them, how to interview them, how they're going to interview you. And then we also talked about everything passive investors. So different types of passive investors, how to find passive investors, how to talk to passive investors, what questions you expect to get from passive investors. So everything you need to know about actual raising money aspect of the apartment indication investment strategy. And then last week, we talked about the three-step financial analysis because you need to know how to analyze a deal before you actually start looking for deals. And the main focus was on selecting an apartment indication investment strategy that you can use to screen out the majority of deals that come across your desk or your email inbox. So once you've done all those steps, as well as the many steps in between, which you can learn all about those the steps I just mentioned in the previous Syndication School series at syndicationschool.com, now you're ready to find your first deal. So in this episode, we're going to focus on distinguishing between the two main types of deals. But overall, in this series, we're going to talk about how to find deals and how to determine which deals to actually underwrite. Before the next series, we will most likely focus on underwriting. 
And now that I think of it, this will probably be a pretty long series of at least six parts. Just because we have a lot of strategies for finding deals to discuss. Because at the end of the day, certain strategies work in any market. But the way you're going to find deals in a seller's market is going to be different than the ways you find deals in a buyer's market. Or the top of the market or the bottom of the market. In a really big town or a really small town, it's all going to be slightly different approach. So we're going to kind of start high level the first couple of parts and then kind of get more detailed and try to find a creative or specific strategy that will work for you based off of your current situation. That being said, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about the two main types of deals. So in reality, the two main types of deals are on-market deals and off-market deals. So if you're a real estate investor, if you're a little bit of a listener, you know what those mean. But just to reiterate, an on-market deal is going to be a deal that is listed by a real estate broker. So a broker doing their own lead generation strategies to find owners who are interested in selling their properties. The owner will list their property with the real estate broker. Who will then, over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, they are going to creates an offering memorandum, which is that sales package that you see whenever a new deal is presented to you. And then once that offer memorandum is completed, they'll make sure they get the financials, the T12 and the rent rolls from the owners. And they will list all the information either on their website or they will send it via email after you fill out a confidentiality agreement. And then the real estate broker will host open houses or property tours on a case-by-case basis with people. Then interested buyers will be in communication with that listing broker and they're kind of the go-between between the buyer and the seller. So as a buyer of an unmarked deal, you're most likely only going to be talking to the actual broker. You will have limited access, if any access at all, to the actual owner. And as I mentioned, it's going to be mass marketed using that, that offer memorandum. That's unmarked deals. Off-market deals are deals that are not massively listed by real estate brokers. So the two main types of off-market deals is going to be number one, somehow you find the owner of the property, whether it's through direct mail, through a friend of a friend, they attend your meetup, or they've reached out to you. There's many, many different ways to actually find the off-market deals, and we're going to talk about that in a future part in this series. But the most important part is that it's not listed by a broker. So either going directly to the owner or the broker found the deal, and before listing it, presented the deal to you as an off-market opportunity. So on the one hand, you go directly to the owner. On the other hand, the broker brings you the deal before actually putting it on the market. So both of those are going to consider to be off-market deals. Again, essentially a deal that's not listed for sale on the market. So the main difference is between the two are that for on-market deals, they're going to be a lot easier to find, whereas for off-market deals, it's going to be a lot more difficult to find. Pretty obvious, but if an on-market deal is going to be mass-marketed by the broker, then everyone in your area or anyone who has that city as their target market is going to have the deals sent to their inbox. So this is a strategy where technically, at the start of every week, you can go to your broker's website to see what new deals they have listed, And then throughout the week, you can favorite or flag various emails you receive from brokers with a new deal and then underwrite it as they come in. Whereas for off-market deals, you're most likely not going to have off-market deals sent to your inbox on a frequent basis. If you're going to get an off-market deal from a broker, they'll most likely call you. And if you are going to get an off-market deal from an owner, 
then sure, they could technically call you if you've got a strong website, Facebook advertising. It'd be proactive in order for them to reach out to you, but more than likely, you're going to be reaching out to them. So you're going to be sending out direct mailing campaigns and the various other strategies, which again, we're going to discuss in a future part of this series. But overall, the point is on-market deals, easier to find, off-market deals, more difficult to find. And when I mean by deal, I mean by an actual property for sale, not a property that you're going to actually buy. Because as I mentioned, since on-market deals are easier to find because they are mass marketed, then you're more likely going to have to pay more for that property or at least have a more difficult time finding a good deal because of that competition. So if everyone is looking at this property and you've got 10 offers and one offer is higher than the other offer, higher than the other offer, then the price will be bid up and the price will be higher than it would have been if, for example, you found that owner before they listed it with a broker and you were the only person that was in contention for that deal. Or if the broker brings that to maybe a handful of their premier investors, it's still going to be a lot less competition than the on-market deal. So the two main differences are going to be the ease of finding. So the on-market deals are easier to find compared to the off-market deals. But you're most likely going to either pay more or you have a lot more difficult time actually putting a deal under contract that is listed on market compared to off market. So what strategy you pursue really depends on how much time you have and your skill set and just kind of what your strategy is. There's plenty of investors who have only bought on market deals and there's other investors who've never bought an on market deal. But just to talk a little bit more about the off market deals. It's important to understand the benefits of these because not only are there benefits to you as the buyer, obviously, but you also want to figure out what the benefits are to the seller because, as I mentioned, the on-market deals are going to likely catch a higher price due to the competition. So why would an owner sell the property to you off-market? So if you reach out to an owner, they might say, yeah, I kind of am interested in selling my property, but I think I'm going to list it with a real estate broker because that way I'll get the highest price. So by knowing how selling their deal off market will benefit the actual owner, you can put yourself in the best position to negotiate with peer intentions in order to create a win-win scenario. These are going to be the off-market opportunities that you get from the owner themselves. These don't necessarily apply to one that's still technically listed by a broker, but not mass marketed. Those kind of deals are in between and kind of have the characteristics of on-market and off-market deals, but... The owner will benefit in two major ways by selling their deal off-market. Number one is going to be the cost savings associated with not having to pay the broker's commission. So on these large apartment communities, on multifamily, the typical commission is going to be between 3% to 4% of the purchase price if the purchase price is below $8 million. And once the purchase price goes above $8 million, then the commission is a flat fee of around $150,000. So if the owner is wanting to sell their property and they list it with a broker, they can go ahead and knock off at least around $150,000 of the profit they're going to make because they have to pay the broker money for putting together the sales package and tours and things like that. Now they sell to you off-market, they get to pocket that $150,000 themselves. The other benefit is going to be the fact that selling a deal off-market can have less hassle. So from the seller's perspective, they don't have to worry about hosting multiple property tours. 
You know, they'll worry about a broker coming back to them after every single property tour with a list of questions from the people who toured the property. Then they'll worry about random people poking around their property, which in turn will result in rumors floating around about why are these people touring the property. Is the property being sold, which could affect the relationships with the tenants and the vendors. Instead, they will have one person, I guess, poking around the property, which is going to be way less than having 10, 20 property tours. They'll only have to answer questions from one person, and the number of rumors floating around the property about it being sold will be minimized. So those are the two main benefits. Then how you actually benefit from buying the deal off-market are pretty obvious, but we'll hit those anyways. Number one, as I mentioned, less competition. So since you are the only person in contention for this deal you will likely be able to pay a little bit less. And even if it doesn't mean you're paying a lower purchase price, you might be able to create better terms that will result in you paying less. So for example, right now in this hot market, a lot of people are putting down these non-refundable earnest deposits. Whereas if you buy the deal off market, you're probably not going to need to do that. You're probably not going to need to make your offer very attractive by adding in those types of things. Or another example would be you not having to waive any due diligence items. So both of those things don't directly affect how much money you're paying for the deal. But if you do a non-refundable earnest deposit and you end up not closing on the deal, that's money that you've lost. Or if you decide to waive due diligence fees in order to win a deal, or if you waive due diligence items in order to win a deal... And you end up closing and realizing that you underestimated the deferred maintenance by 50%. You're going to lose a lot of money. Something else too is that there will also be more opportunities for creative financing. So again, the owner of a on-market deal with a ton of competition is going to go with the best offer. And they've got one offer that's all cash. And then another offer who wants to do some sort of creative financing like lease option or seller financing they're most likely going to go with that all-cash offer. Whereas if you're buying the deal off-market, that means you have the chance to actually speak with the owner and that can help you identify their goals or specifically why it is they want to sell their deal. And once you figure out exactly what they want to get out of selling that deal, maybe you still just need to get a regular loan, but maybe you can do some sort of seller financing or some sort of lease option, which will reduce the amount of money that you have to put down and can make you qualify for the deal easier as well as maybe make the results of your underwriting meet the required returns that you need, whereas if you did your standard 25%, 30% down loan, the deal doesn't make any sense. And then lastly, the off-market deals are likely to be perceived as better deals in the eyes of your investors. And it kind of shows that extra level of effort you're putting forward because you're not just, again, sitting back and waiting for those deals to come into your inbox. You're out there proactively either reaching out to owners or building relationships with the brokers to the point where they're sending you their deals before even listing them on the market. So they're perceived as better deals and you're perceived as a better investor in the eyes of your passive investors. So again, when you're just starting out, you can either go all in on the off-market strategies, which we'll go over in a future episode, or you can start off by just reaching out to brokers, getting set up on their automated lists and practicing underwriting their deals touring properties, touring comps, running rental comp analysis, and building that relationship with the broker with the hopes of them ultimately sending you off-market deals in the future. So for example, 
I just started looking for deals towards the end of 2018. So that was only a few months ago. And I have about five, six, seven brokers that I reached out to, have talked to on the phone. I met a few of them in person already through property tours or just getting lunch or coffee. And every time I talked to them, I said, ultimately, I'd like to get off-market deals from me, but I understand that you don't know who I am, you don't know my experience, and you're more likely going to send your off-market opportunities to people that you know can close. And I want to prove to you that I am a person who can close. And I kind of would say that, and they'd be like, you know, yeah, we understand. They wouldn't say we're not going to send you deals, but they would kind of just be like, yeah, you're right. Well, just last week, one of the brokers that I was working on a deal with towards the end of last year, deal didn't end up working out, but we did a property tour together, kind of chatted about our personal lives, had a lot in common, actually, and they referred me to a lender who I talked to as well, and then just last week, he called me with an off-market opportunity. Now that off-market opportunity was not in our target market, which is obviously, we're not going to be investing outside of our target market, because we haven't evaluated other markets yet. Plus, I live here and this is what we want to focus on. But just the fact that he sent me that off-market opportunity kind of shows that working on your relationship with brokers to get sent off-market deals is possible. And it is possible to do it quickly, too. And tomorrow's episode, part two, is going to be focused on how to find deals from brokers. But I just wanted to kind of quickly tell that story before going into the last part of this episode, which is going to be the factors that will win or lose you the deal. So obviously... How you buying the property and your offer benefits the owner is going to be very important. And we went over how the seller as well as the buyer benefits from buying a deal off market, even like an on-market deal as well. But there's five other factors that will ultimately win or lose you the deal. One is going to be the price. So how much money you actually offer, $10 million versus $10.5 million. The highest price doesn't necessarily always win, but it's going to be an important factor that the owner will take into account when they are determining who to sell their deal to. Something else is going to be the terms. So you've got the price and you've also got the terms, which are things like the earnest deposit, the inspection period, the due diligence period, the closing date. So terms that the owner might take into account when deciding who to sell the property to are whether you put a non-refundable earnest deposit, or if you are submitting an all-cash offer, or if you decide to waive certain due diligence items so that you can close faster or reduce the opportunity of you backing out of the actual deal. So those terms could win or lose you a deal, especially in a hot market. Number four is going to be the relationship you have. So that's the relationship you have with the broker who's listing the property or the owner if it's an off-market deal. So what's your relationship with that broker? Have you been following the strategies that we'll talk about tomorrow? Have you been following up with them? Have you paid them a consulting fee? And then for the owner, if you're sending out direct mailers, that you probably don't know the owner at all. However, there are ways to increase your chances of being recognized by that owner. So, for example, if you have a powerful thought leadership platform with a bunch of followers, maybe they've heard of you before. Or if you are talking to a lot of the brokers, property management companies, lenders in the market, and they also work with those same lenders, they too might recognize you. So, your relationship with the owner is going to be a little bit more difficult, but there are ways to build that relationship with them without actually meeting them first. And it also helps if you have a meetup group in the market as well for name recognition. Number five is going to be your team. 
So, for example, some owners won't sell to a investor who doesn't have their own in-house property management company because they believe that that company is not integrated enough and ultimately won't be able to close on the deal. Now, whether that's true or not doesn't really matter because some owners think that to be true. And, of course, they're also going to want to know about the experience of your team. So what's your experience? What's your property management company experience? Because ultimately, if you're inexperienced, then you're less likely to actually be able to close on that deal. And the last thing that can win or lose you the deal is going to be your underwriting. What that means is when you are underwriting a deal on such a large scale, 100 units, 200 units, everyone's going to underwrite that deal differently based off of their background and their skill set. So if you're able to identify more value-add opportunities than the next guy, then you're going to be able to pay more for that property. And vice versa. So if you are unable to identify value-add opportunities that your competition are, then they're going to be able to submit a stronger offer because they're going to be able to increase the NOI more than you will be able to. So those are the six things that will ultimately win or lose you the deal. Number one, how will it benefit the owner? Number two, your offer price. Number three, your offer terms. Number four, your relationship with the selling representative. So that's whether that's the broker or the owner. Number five is going to be the structure and experience of your team. And number six is going to be your ability to identify the most amount of value-add opportunities while underwriting the deal. So that concludes part one. In this episode, you learned about the seven or so things you need to do before you are ready to actually find your first deal. And then we also discussed the differences between the on-market and off-market deals, as well as how the off-market deal can benefit you as a buyer and then the seller as well. And then we talked about the six factors that will ultimately win or lose you the deal. In tomorrow's episode, or if you're listening to this way in the future, the next episode, we are going to discuss how to find off-market and on-market deals from real estate brokers. So, to listen to other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndications and to download all of the free documents that we've provided for past episodes, visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be, February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado. Put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E, and the number 5 to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net.